0: been kept going, but because of dispersion and because of a loss of separation, the primary meaning of all their feasts were lost. Jerusalem has been sieged some 40 times. Jerusalem has been partially destroyed 32 times. Jerusalem has been reduced to ashes five times. Two times Jerusalem has been plowed under. Twenty-six times Jerusalem has changed hands. All to do with religion. It is the holy city of the Christian, of the Muslim and the Jew. Brother, they are insanely proud of their descent from Abraham. They are insanely proud of their circumcision and their Sabbath keeping. They know more about the blood and the temple and sacrifice than anywhere in the whole world. I am going to tell you that if Pentecost would work in Jerusalem 50 days after the crucifixion. It'll work anywhere in the whole wide world. Oh, God. I I want to talk about fulfill Pentecost. Fulfill Pentecost. When it was fully come. Without doing injury to the text, I'd like to just say when Pentecost was finally fulfilled. There was one Pentecost in the history of the world that shook Jerusalem to the core and changed this earth. And it has never been the same again. The greatest event in the history of the whole world was the Pentecost of AD thirty, when it shook Jerusalem fifty days after the Passover. Let me let me take just a minute here to tell you the setting. Fifty days prior, less than two months ago, the very ringleader, the very originator of the sect, was crucified as a criminal. Less than two months ago, the treasurer of this honorable group committed suicide. You talk about a burnover field. You talk about a reproach. You talk about rumors. You talk about reasons why this won't work. You talk about whining and all that, they, they could, it was 50 days ago. We have not recovered. Not only was the treasure sound uh, stealing. And he committed suicide, but the very spokesman, the very key man, attempted murder in a garden. He wasn't into ears. He's into heads. <laughs> and had the Lord not eliminated the evidence, that night, they had got him for attempted murder. But the Lord eliminated the evidence that night, and he said, put it up, man, put it up. Fifty days ago, they all ran like the gingerbread man. Fear. Fifty days ago, everything collapsed. Everything was in disarray. We're talking about Jerusalem. We're talking about Jerusalem where they stole the prophets and killed those that were sent unto them. I don't understand God's love affair with Jerusalem. But it's been there. Don't you ever mark Jerusalem off, brother. When the Moscows and the Washingtons and the Paris and the Londons of this world have found their resting place in the centers of power where they buried dead cities, Jerusalem will be the center of the world. With no known all reserves, with no important industries, with no reason for greatness, the only major city in the history of the world that was not built on a river, Jerusalem is there today. And he loved Jerusalem. He said, you know, I sent prophets after prophet. Great constellation of stars came. You stoned some. You you killed others. Some wept and some got mad, but you rejected them all. But I can see him as he says, you know, I'm going to go further, further than just sending prophets. I am going to go. In the flesh. I'm gonna put on a robe of flesh like I put on a coat. Amen. I'm gonna walk in their streets. I'm gonna heal the sick. I'm gonna raise their dead. I'm gonna do miracles for them. And when it was all over, he had to sit down and weep like a baby. Jerusalem, you're too hard. You're too calloused. You've got too much religion. You're too steeped in your festivals. He said, "But I, not only will go, but I'll die. I'll give my blood." Somewhere outside the gates and the walls of that city, they hung a hymn on a cross. Then when that blood came down the tree and hit the ground, I got a feeling that it ran toward Jerusalem. It shook the earth. Hard, professional men cried and said, surely, Surely, surely this was the Son of God. Nature had to bow its head in shame. It shook the earth. It shook rocks. It shook everything. But Jerusalem, 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 oh, There's a real white-hot love affair. I I got some things I want to say here tonight. I want to tell you that there was a reason that this Pentecost shook Jerusalem. It was fulfilled Pentecost. Not just observed ritual Pentecost. It was Pentecost... Fulfilled. Leviticus 23 gives us uh, seven feasts of Israel, of the Lord. They are not an end to themselves. They are, have a practical, they have a historical, and, and bless your heart, they've got a prophetic significance tied to these feasts. They are in a sequence they have meaning. The first of these seven was the Passover. I won't go into all of them, but that Passover was kept for 1450 years before it was fulfilled. That priest would inspect the lamb, but on this Passover, there was a close parallel when they gathered for Passover. There was a strange thing going on in Jerusalem this time. There was a trial going on for a supposed king, and he's somewhere from up at Nazareth. and, and, And that added to this great festival. You see, the festivals had lost their meaning. They really didn't know why they were celebrating. They just were celebrating. These feasts that he said, you come to Jerusalem, they were a mixture, as it were, of religion. They were a mixture of maybe like a family reunion, maybe like a world fair, maybe like a tourist uh, attraction, all rolled into one. And the years had come and gone, and the years had come and gone, and they pretty well had a grip on the lamb, on the Passover lamb. They pretty well had an idea. But when you go to the next feast, it became more obscure. The the feast of the unleavened bread. And then the feast of the first fruits. And then the strange feast of Pentecost. That was 50 days past that that Sabbath from, from the Passover. Is everybody still with me? And they went through this for hundreds of years, and one day, John stood and said, behold, the Lamb of God. And this Passover was going to be different because it was fulfilled. I don't have time to get into that. But when they came to the Feast of First Fruits, And they waved those few sheaves of of barley. The priest took the few sheaves and he waved it in anticipation for a, a great harvest. They had no idea that that morning when that priest was making his way back from that barley field, what had just happened over on the other side of town, there had been a resurrection that morning. There had been a disturbance in a tomb that morning, and that morning it wasn't just three little, four little sheaves of, of barley that was being weighed, but there was a fulfillment of that. And the reason this Pentecost was so different was because there was a different Passover this year, and because there was a different resurrection this year, Re- Feast of First Fruit this year. And so now we come 50 years later 50 days later that morning that priest would go out to maybe that same field he would go out and he would not just pick a handful of sheaves today but he would pick two arm loads this is fresh wheat we're talking about Pentecost and the ritual would begin. he would take the Everybody say, beat. And he would beat the the, the grain, the kernels from these sheaves. Then he would pile it up. He would take a convex kind of a rock and he would crush. Everybody say, crush. He would crush the wheat. He would grind it. Everybody say, grind. Uh, He would grind that wheat that had just been harvested. And he would put it in the fire. Everybody say the fire. And the only sacrifice in Israel that had leaven was the two loaves of Pentecost. Let me know that if you're going to find perfection, you're going to have to go to the Passover lamb. You're going to have to go to Christ. But in the church, which these two loaves is going to represent. It's going to represent a Gentile loaf and it's going to represent a Jew loaf. Come on here now. Don't look at me that way. And so he grinds it and he puts it in the fire. And it's a little after eight o'clock this morning little after eight. And finally the loaves are ready. And he pulls the loaves out of the fire. And it's just ritual Pentecost. Nobody knows why they're waving the loaves. They're just doing it because they've been doing it for 1,400 years. They don't know. They don't know. And because it had been lost from from meaning they attached, now listen to, plug in, get that, get that hearing aid just right right now, because it seemed to be something that's missing in Pentecost. They didn't know what it represented. The rabbis, the learned rabbis, calculated that the law was given on exactly that same day. And so this ceased that is a a symbol and a type of a Pentecostal morning, became known as the day that they gave the law. And they celebrated Pentecost for the day that they gave the law. And so the Feast of Weeks became connected to laws and what you can do and what you can't do. And it became connected with a bunch of legal things. And they lost the meaning. They lost the meaning. But to keep this thing going, I'm telling you, brother, when a, when a, when a, a church gets going, or a festival gets going, it, it don't matter if it loses its meaning. It don't matter if anybody knows what they're shouting about or not. But they're just going to keep on shouting. But somewhere that morning, about eight-something, so history says, that priest pulled the loaves out of the fire, out of the oven, and and this is old, traditional Pentecost. It's going on annually. We got 3,500 Pentecost, almost. But one, change the world. And when that symbol became embedded in flesh and blood, that was the Pentecost that shook Jerusalem. Let me translate that. The Pentecost that shook Jerusalem wasn't proud Pentecost. It wasn't superior, Pentecost. Not arrogant, Pentecost. But I'm telling you, 50 days before that, there was a crushing. Everybody say a crushing. There was a crushing. There was a grinding. And for 50 days, the rock ground and crushed and ground and crushed. The disciples. It's got to be translated from the book into flesh and blood. Everything God ever did, first of all, he thought it. Then he said it. Then he did it. There's nothing in this meeting will do us any good until it's translated from here to here. To my hands and my feet. That's what Jesus said when he said, look at my hands and my feet. Do you see where my burden took me? It was not enough for it to be in my head. It wasn't enough for it to be in my heart. Brother, when this thing gets right, it's going to get in your hands. And it's going to get in your feet. It's going to get in your side. a Pentecost down below that was functional obsolescence Mm, interpretation needed one of my friends walked by and saw a sign from the real estate company and said house cheap functional obsolescence He called the realtor and said, what does that mean? He said, well, everything's still in place, but none of it works. All the functional parts is obsolete. Still got the light switch, but don't turn any lights on. Got the commode, but you can't flush it. Come on now. He said it's just sort of functional, obsolete. Down below, nobody was getting healed. Down below, when old ritual Pentecost was was full in all of its beauty and all of its glory, no devils were getting cast out. No yokes were being broke. Nobody was being healed. Nobody was being saved. They were strutting their stuff, brother. They had the walk, and they had the swagger. But that Pentecost never helped anybody. That Pentecost was the problem. I said that Pentecost was the problem and not the solution. Somewhere up, meanwhile up in the upper room, (laughs) this symbol this Pentecost that had no sense and no meaning all of a sudden it was being clothed with flesh and blood all of a sudden the breaking the breaking the breaking all of a sudden the fire all of a sudden there became a Pentecost that embodied everything that that type and that shadow and that old agriculture, pastoral kind of a, of a symbol that they carried and they still carried. And I'm telling you today, brother, that priest will lift up those and he don't have a clue. But I'm telling you what that Pentecost did, it shook Jerusalem, it changed the world, what thousands of years could not do in a matter of years. It brought a man by the name of Cornelius into the house of God. It was a loss of the Jew and a loaf of the Gentile. Amen. Say praise the Lord. Now there was something about that Pentecost that shook the world. And it moved Jerusalem. It's never been the same. I want you to know, brother, that, that thing changed the world. God's greatest thought that he ever had moved from the realms of the heavens into earth. God's kingdom annexed earth that day. It went on the offensive that day. The rule and the reign that only the heavens had known. That day, something happened and all planet Earth has never been the same again. I promise you, brother, it wasn't a watered down. I promise you it wasn't a weak kind of a thing that shook this earth. It wasn't make-believe. It wasn't plastic. It wasn't folly. You think, you may be seated, you think what's going on in our world right now in Pentecost is shaking our world? I think not. I am telling you that there is a Pentecost that will still shake this world. I am telling you that because you find 99 ways that won't work, don't mean you can't find the one that will. I am telling you there is a Pentecost in this world. A Pentecost in this world. You hear me? Oh, help me preach. Let me say something before I sit down here tonight. Let me say something before I sit down. You may be seated. I'm telling you, there is a Pentecost in this world that's not saving one soul. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, if we don't get the real thing, what we got's going to make hypocrites out of us. And we're going to be the biggest bunch of self-righteous people that you ever seen. Because there is a Pentecost that can make youth sick. I've got to be myself. I can't be these other men. I'm just me. I don't really try to be anybody else. I can't. But what I do know is that there is an experience in this world that will save a man from his sin out of his sin, brother, it'll take nicotine right out of your system. It'll take drugs. I said it'll take drugs out of your heart. Don't tell me it won't. I watched him come in under the tent meeting one night. A man smoking five packs of cigarettes a day. Now I don't understand that. All I know is he got up early and worked at it late. But God touched that man. Took it out of his taste. Took it out of his system. Took it out of his heart. And if he'll do that, do it for us and our needs. Oh. Please be seated. Let me tell you the Pentecost that won't work. That won't work. That's the Pentecost that's fussing and fighting. That's the Pentecost that holds grudges. That's the Pentecost that has this superior attitude. That don't work, brother. You just understand, it's just like the man taking the, the, the rock and grinding the, the wheat, brother. It's just ritual. It's just ritual. It's just ritual. When this thing gets in flesh and blood, you just understand me, and there is a Pentecost that I want to talk about for a few minutes that will shake our world. Now, our history in the Bible is, 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 is enough, but we got 28 chapters and then we got some epistles, and, but it's enough. But I have read history that I felt had a real right ring to it, about some of the revivals that have swept our land, like Topeka, Kansas, like Azusa like some of the revivals in Winnipeg, Canada. And I thought, as I read that, there was something about that Pentecost that moved their world. I know, I know I'm going to be branded whatever, but I just got to be me. What we're doing, brethren, you just hear me. It's not working too good. You go ahead and act like everything's all right. I'll get to that in a minute. We have got a Pentecost that won't let us be real. It is as phony and plastic as a $3 bill. They won't let me be real. I'm just going to be real. And one of the things that I noticed about the Pentecost that shook their world, it was a humble Pentecost. I said it was a humble Pentecost. They had forfeited all their rights. They had no bragging rights. They were not trying to outdo anybody. They were unassuming. I'm going to tell you, the the Pentecost that's going to shake 1998 and 99 and and 2000, you just listen to me, brother, it's going to be a humble Pentecost. (laughs) I know this don't get the kind of response that other things get, but I'm just telling you, something's wrong with Pentecost. We're not shaking nothing. Let me say that again. We're not shaking nothing. You finally get two prayed through and three backslide. You pray five through and they don't even come back. I mean, what they're getting is some of our elders don't even keep them enough to come back. You just understand the tongue-talking they're getting at some of our orders don't change one thing even in their life. They leave and they never come back. And we're not gaining ground, we're losing ground. I'm just telling, like I feel. All you have to do is stop it anymore. I don't like to... It ain't all in the world and go in, and it's hard to find a Pentecostal. Apostolic. Somebody said we're winning the world? Tell me where it's at. Please tell me where it's at. Somebody said these are better days than the apostles. Please tell me where that's at. I'm going to tell you to have better days than the apostles, you've got to have better men than the apostles. Somebody asked me not long ago, said, Brother McMillan, do you ever think we're ever going to have a real old-fashioned move again? And I got to thinking that the first thing I wanted to say was, yes, I wanted to say that. But I got to thinking to have an old-fashioned move, but oh God, you've got to have some old-fashioned preachers. You can't have an old-fashioned revival without an old-fashioned sin-hating preacher. He's got to preach against sin. You've got to have some old-fashioned prayers and saints. Before I thought about it, I I couldn't say yes as much as I wanted to. There is a Pentecost that shook the world. It was a humble Pentecost. I have read from these men and they said the secret to power in the early church or as far as the early century was their humility, their humility. They were great men of God to the degree that they were humble. And when they lost their humility, they lost the power of God in their life. It's hard to find a humble man or woman anymore. We're trying to guard what's ours. We're trying to take control. Come on here now, somewhere in this world. Brother, the breaking, the crushing of that. Brother, you ever seen a broken man? He, he cries quickly when he's broken. He's a humble man. He's not picking a fight. I'll tell you, we got, we got some humble men among us. And I thank God for that. I don't know if Brother Act Terry remembers this, but I walked in his house one day. Nothing was said in this order, but he treated me like an equal. Like an equal. No way am I equal to this man. But he was great enough down to me he was great enough to let me walk out of there feeling like I was somebody I'm telling you brother when I can't speak to a little child and I can't speak to an old person you listen to brother McMullen And I'm too important, I'm too important, you just listen to me. That's the Pentecost that stinks. In this house, and my 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 good friend, little brother Willie Champion, come up to me. You may be seated. Where's Willie? I don't see him. He may be asleep by now. He saw me and here. He came No pretense. No 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 nothing to no facade. No mask to hide behind. Boy, I know I done lost most of you here, but I'm telling you, brother. There's something going on in these meetings, and there's something going on in our camp meetings, and there's something going on across the world that's just ritual Pentecost. It's just a bacon in the wall, and don't have a clue of why we're here. It was a humility, a humility. Oh, will it just come up? He didn't grab me my buddy. I see you, Willie. you hiding. Stand up. Wave at me, buddy. That's my buddy. No pretense. Like a child. Oh, you important folks, why don't you just knock it off, huh? Why don't you just cool, chill out. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to you. You come in here like you own the whole world. Where did you ever get that from? You may be seated. I'm telling you the most foolish thing in this whole world, brother, is for God to pick men not like me and you up when we didn't have a right to be picked up. And then me get up here and act like I'm something. Be cocky. Have that kind of an arrogance. I'm telling you, you may not can pick it up, but the world picks it up when they walk in. The most foolish thing in the world is for some of us to feel like we're somebody. You don't know where we came from, brother. you just don't know where some of us came from now for us to take on this important air look down sharply at one of our brothers from a steep angle God hates a superior attitude. What do you have that he didn't give you? There is a Pentecost that's not getting the job done, brother. But I'm telling you, I got a hold of something I feel here tonight. If we can embody, if we can clothe this thing, I'm telling you, when heaven touched this earth, and it annexed Jerusalem, and after a while, Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of this earth, the greatest thing in the mind of God was coming to pass. Greater than God in the flesh, it was Christ in the church. He said, now nah, I'm going to take care of your needs. You see, if this is traditional Pentecost here tonight, we're going to go through this ceremony here, and then we're going to go home. But I am telling you, in this building tonight, there are so many needs. Brother, There's yokes need to be broke right now while I'm preaching. There are people that need to be healed right now while I'm preaching, brother. You just understand, it was Pentecost that said, Such as I have, give as I In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It was humble. Number two, it was honest. Everybody say honest. We make liars out of each other because of our society and this Pentecostal society we're in. How you doing, brother? Fine. Fantastic. Super. I had one of them come bouncing up to me not long ago. Praise the Lord, brother. I said, praise the Lord, brother. Are you experiencing revival? I said, no. Now, there ain't nothing in this Pentecostal mind that ever taught us how to handle that. It just throws us off. I mean, fake it, man. Just say it's going good. I said, "No, we're not having revival." You're looking at me sort of strange. So, well, I mean, you you're praying a lot of people through. I said, "No, we're not praying people through." I'm not proud of that, but I'm not going to lie. I said, I'm not going to lie. Brother, his computer never, never, it just went, it just went berserk. He said, well, you're having a having wonderful church. I said, we're just having church, good church. Well, he said, I'll see you, brother. The Pentecostal mind don't know how to deal with honesty. I'm going to tell you, brother, if you're going to get the Pentecost that shook the world, there's going to have to be a repentance and we're going to have to be honest and we're going to have to speak the truth and we're going to have to tell it like it is. You see, when you don't have a, a face to save and you don't have a mask to hide behind and you don't have an agenda, and you're not you're not trying to run for any office, or you're not trying to, to get a group. You, you just understand you not you can be yourself. Yeah. Let me be honest, you might be sitting. I'm not trying to get in anybody's club. I'm not trying to get in anybody's clique. I'm not wanting to go hunting with nobody. I'm not wanting to get on anybody's hundleys. Well, What went deep there. I'm just telling you, I'm being myself. There is a Pentecost that has a fellowship that's killed us. Not only was it honest, but it was hungry. Oh, I've got to say it again. I know I did not long ago, but i got to say the Pentecost that shook the world was a hungry Pentecost. Well, I read those, those men back at the turn of the century, and all of a sudden they say, My life changed. God give me a hunger. And for 21 days, I, day and night, I sought God. I sought the Holy Ghost. I, I just got to say it. These guys are just coming in, talking in tongues and leaving. You just mock her down, brother. They're not getting what I got. And if I cross everybody in this building, I'm going to say it. They're not getting the Holy Ghost. about it. All the way I'm going to feel better, say it again. I mean, these guys that's coming in, I say, oh, be careful. No, no, no. They don't never quit smoking. They don't never quit lying. They don't never quit dressing the way they dress. And you're going to tell me that they all got the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, you don't know what the Holy Ghost is. Well, I feel it in this house. I feel an old-fashioned. I feel a genuine hunger in this house. Brother White felt it last night. I feel it here tonight. Oh, there's something here. No, it's not everywhere. No, it's not everywhere. everybody. I'm not under any illusion that everybody's carried away with what I'm preaching tonight. I look all over this house and I see the old ritual Pentecostals sitting there just shaking your head every once in a while. You've been dismissed a long time ago. But in this house, I feel it from this side all the way over. we got to have something that will shake our world, save our family. Oh, 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 oh. You may be seated. A hungry, hungry, hungry man or woman could not be hid in this house. You understand what I just said? A hungry man or woman. You can't be hid here. You're going to stand out. You're going to stand out. God's going to feed you too. I'm just talking about a different kind of Pentecost. Oh, I know it was preaching. And I know it was praying. And I know it was worship. But the other side of that Pentecost was that they were humble men. They were honest men. And they were starving men. I, I can't think of some days anything worse than a carload of my friends come by wanting me to go spend the day with them. You say you're anti No, 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 no. I just got my life pretty simple now. If I could simplify it anymore, I'd do that. The only way it gets simpler is me just die. Not don't have any agenda. I'm just meeting my best friend down at church every morning. I'm just staying till 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 I have found out that our little ritual here is not, not not getting the job done. And I am telling you that there's something so deep in me says, Oh God, these young people need to see it again. They need to see these twisted limbs straighten out, brother that they need to see people get up out of wheelchairs. Do you understand that? I said they need to hear, see devils cast out. They need to see the Holy Ghost fall, fall, while the preachers preach on. I don't sit. I'm not bragging. I'm not trying to sit. Except into this right here. They were hungry, hungry, hungry. I feel it in this house. I know you're tired and weary and I'm closing, but they were hungry. They were hungry. Are you hungry here tonight? Do you think you could get hungry? Do you think you might could get hungry again? Not for everybody. I know that. I know that. Some of you have been ready to go home, but I'm telling you, brother, there is a Pentecost. God is going to do a sovereign work. You mark a down. You hear this preacher tonight. He's going to do a sovereign work. It's going to come from a humble group. It's going to come from an honest group. It's going to come from a hungry group. Hungry. Not so much for revival, but hungry for God. Not so much hungry for growth, but hungry for God. Not so much hungry for a blessing, but God. You don't legislate hunger. You don't vote hunger in. We're all going to get hungry tonight. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be one here. There's going to be one over there. It's going to be one back there. You're going to be sitting on the same pew. Well, that fellow that can't wait to get out of here to go eat. He's got a big golf game tomorrow. He's got a big something going on in his life. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, your priorities are changing. That don't mean we're better than anybody else. That don't mean you're more spiritual than anybody else. Somebody hear me? But I am telling you that when this thing came, it did not come to the haughty. And the position seeker. And the pastor -er. it came to a little humble group back on the other side. And 120 people filled with the Holy Ghost was more than a match for Jerusalem 50 days after the crucifixion. Is that what I just said? 120 people filled with the Holy Ghost was more than a match for Jerusalem. Brought them to their knees. Three thousand. Five thousand. Added daily. And then the Bible said they were multiplied. Just quit adding and start multiplying. It wasn't the elite. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the high and mighty and proud but it was the little old people on the backside that had been with him. They took notice that they had been with Jesus. I am telling you, we desperately need brother in this in time. A Pentecost that lays hands on the sick. And they really recover. Really recover. We desperately need a Pentecost that speaks to unclean spirits. And they go. And they go. After we get this dress code right. After we get this doctrine right. After we get this separation right. I'm going to tell you there's something else like it you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come on you it shook their world The miracle of Pentecost was they lost their identity and they became one. The greatest miracle of Pentecost was not only God descended, but man ascended. Their spirits were animated, quickened, revived, resuscitated. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that old slumbering spirit rose up and said, I'll take over now. They had that capacity to entertain God in a new dimension, in a new sphere. Amen. Heaven, heaven, incorporated earth, annexed earth in its kingdom that day. And ever since that day, the old enemies tried to reduce us back, back to some old traditional thing. but I 'm feeling hunger here tonight. I watched some of you come in. I, I'm not critical and I'm not judgment, but, but I said there's hunger in that man. I heard you pray, I watched you worship. I said there's hunger in that woman right there. I'm telling you that's what God's looking for in this building tonight. I'm telling you, that's what God's looking for in this building tonight. There's going to be a Pentecost that's just going to go right on through this world, and they're not going to move nothing. They're going to be disgusting, uh, but there's going to be a Pentecost that's going to do it again. Let's lift our hands one more time here tonight. Mm. More of you. Whoa. I've had all, oh. but all I need is more of you. How about you, young man? Why don't you come stand with me? Thing what about I've you, young lady? Oh, I wish we could get around the front. And I know and we yet can't. <laughs> Empty oh, come on, young people. Lord, hear my prayer. Young breath. ladies, lift your hands. Come on, let's pray. Come you, on, girls. Come on, let's pray, girls. Come on, boys. More of you. God, it's in this house. It's in this house. More I've of you. I've had hunger from day one, God. Oh, sing, sing. I've had all oh. but for what I need. Is more of you of things I've had my feel Come on, children, let's pray. But Come on, you girls and boys. I'm you're not praying. Come on, let's pray a and you're not room so up here and Come on, girls, let's pray. Lord, hear my Come on, brother, help me pray. more of you. Come on, children, let's pray here tonight. Oh, I'm not trying to find just some new frame of mind that will change my old Uh view. You know God hears you, young lady. I've been through it Deep inside, nothing's changed. Uh Oh, God's listening to you, sir. Uh I'm not asking for more of things this world can't afford. But this one thing I'm longing <laughs> to do sing is it, lift up it. my cup and let you fill it up with just you. Oh, come on, young lady. You're in the back. Come on, pray with me. More of you. Come on here. More oh, God, of God, you. Give us a godly humility here. Give us a God sent humility in this place. But what I need is more of you.